Okay. And welcome back to the Learn to Code podcast. Today is a very special day for me because uh, it's Funday Monday. Let's call it like that. Funday Monday. It's a funny day because it's the, the start of the week. Since I no longer work uh, at an actual office, it's going to be a little hard for me to uh, get used to, get early, and get dressed, get a shower. Uh, I've been out for around three hours now. Um, I uh, I began watching myself decay more and more into the slop, and I decided to get back to my... Uh, regular schedule. So when I was attending a um, natural office, I was uh, getting up, waking up at 5 a.m. By 5, by 6 a.m. I was already uh, done some exercise. I already uh, brewed some coffee. I do have something, uh, some coffee here still. And I get, and I get to play a little bit before leaving to work, leaving off to work. In my case now, I'm going to be working here at home, and I've been studying a lot of. Uh, I mentioned a book on, on the last episode, so I may like to show it to you. Let me see. I don't remember what I left it. Uh, never mind. Is uh, the the name of the book is um, Head First Object Oriented Design, um, and I've been reading the book uh, through chapter one. I still haven't finished the first chapter, and I really like it a lot. It's a very interactive book in the sense that uh, I am required to take notes, and I am required to actually think about them. Uh, let me show you something. Uh, let me see. If you're watching me, I'm recording this um, video on YouTube. I'm going to be uploading this today. The podcast is going to be released a little earlier. Um, I've been offline for a little bit because of... Uh, I Now I do have my wife living here on, with me. So And and seems like it's going to be a long-term uh, thing. Now that she's here on my city. Um, so, okay, enough about that. Let me get this book right away. Uh, Head First, Object-Oriented Analysis and Design. That's the name of the book. And let's change it up. Uh, let's make a transition here so you can actually see it. And there we go. So this is the book. Uh, this is the page 32 where I am currently at. Um, it's a very interesting book. It's making, as you can see, um, it's making use of uh, some UML um, graph here represent, representing classes um, and some source code here, down here. Um, the special thing about this book is that even though in it should be um, 
the knowledge that you get on this book should be able to be applied or implemented on C Sharp, C++, um, and any other programming language that uses the object-oriented paradigm. However, on this book in particular, I see that all the code is on Java. Uh, and no wonder, uh, Java is basically the reason why people actually tries to learn uh, object-oriented design in the first place. So I guess it makes sense. And it's one, if not the most used object-oriented programming language out there. So what I'm going to be doing today is... Uh, uh, I'm going to be, well, before talking about what I'm going to be doing today, let's talk about this book. So far, um, it's been interesting. As you can see, it's very, uh, it's very well, you can, let's make it a little bigger here. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, what I'm showing here for the one, uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, it's basically one of page 31 of the book. And as you may, uh, and basically here, um, I am listing what I mean in the book, it's been listed the three steps that you need to have a well designed app. So the first step on this book is basically make sure your software does what the customer wants it to do. So basically, we, before we even start designing and implemented and implementing object oriented analysis and design and making changes on the actual architecture of the software, the actual first thing what we need to do is that is for us to make sure that the app, before anything else, we need to make sure that the app or the program actually does what is required to do. So this is the first step. And on the on the book is argued that why not just skip <coughs> if the changes are going to be deep anyway. Why don't we just um <coughs> jump into design patterns? Uh why don't we just jump into object oriented implementation? Uh, principles, you know, all that. Uh, well, the book answers that question by basically telling you that if you have a process that is similar or even better, it's good for you. Yet on this book, um, they are showing you a path to follow, which is basically an easier one. Um, it's going to be very easy. So the first step is basically make sure your software does what the customer wants it to do. So uh, on the previous pages, um, we begin by basically replicating the, ba the basic function of the app. And on the example code here is a very basic command line uh, program because learning purposes, of course, and we basically are creating uh, a guitar selling software or a guitar inventory system, which is actually able to search for different 
for different guitars on the inventory. And I know the, the program is not, is not complex. It's not sophisticated at all. It's basically just, uh, it's basically just, um, a full Java program with, with guitar objects, um, inside a collection. So it's not a big deal. Uh, we are not using databases at this point. So we don't, we don't need to get into SQL and, and databases and tables and datasets and all that. So it's basically an example program more than enough to basically teach us, um, the steps. So the first thing that you need to do is basically make sure that your software does what the customer wants it to do. And that basically implies that your software may or may not do what the client wants. You may think that it does. Uh, in reality, most of the time, uh, when, when you show what your program does, most of the time, uh, the client is going to argue that, well, it, uh, it, it does it, but not how I like it to. And you need to interview the product owner in this case and basically get what is not, uh, why the program is not doing it right. That's basically it. And that happens a lot. Uh, it, it happens to me all the time. And it may be a little frustrating and depressing because uh, delivering a finishing, uh, a finished uh, feature, not let alone a, a finished program, uh, in, uh, implies a lot of work. And sometimes you may think that uh, this kind of comments or reviews imply that you need to get rid of all that of all that work and begin from scratch and junior developers find themselves on that dilemma quite a lot may i say uh, on the spot of they need to basically delete everything and start out from scratch again because basically they just don't have a they just don't have the flexibility on their software to be able to make bigger changes without them to, to basically just, uh, you know what? It's going to be way harder to modify the actual, so the, the, the actual source code of the app, um, to comply with the new requirements. I may just, you know what? I, I would rather, uh, start from scratch and redo everything. So if you find yourself in that position, probably your program or your software uh, is not actually flexible enough and you are missing base you are missing the point of object oriented programming if you are doing that probably you are programming um, as a functional programmer uh, which is the way of basically analyzing the requirements at the beginning uh, model and design the program and and implement the program in the end, basically coding it and then uh, executing it. Okay. So, mm, uh, the first point is this. I already finished that. And I already working on step number two, which is step number two, apply basic 
audio-oriented principles to add flexibility. And that's basically it. The entire uh, object-oriented paradigm objective is to basically add flexibility to your software. And what is flexibility? Well, in, f in functional programming, uh, you divide your code. Um, you have two ways to do, to do something. Uh, either your program is a big pile of code, a single file with a lot of code and the code does everything that your program needs to do. Uh, and I call that the, the obelisk, or may I say the, uh, how do you say it in English? Um, uh, it's basically, uh, it's basically like this pile, uh, this inflexible rock, this gigant, uh, like the one, um, uh, Space Odyssey movie. It's basically, um, a big pile of code that is very hard to actually change without destroying something. So that's the, that's the thing. That's going to be the main problem there. Uh, object oriented programming. Uh, approaches, approaches the problem differently in the sense that, uh, you basically create this system to produce parts and these parts build your program. And if you change the factory of these parts, you can change the parts themselves and make a very sophisticated software without the need of, um, remaking everything. So. By the same sense, it's very powerful and dangerous because um, changes that you may think at first that are very uh, inconsequential in the big scheme of things um, may become really, um, really hard to follow in the sense that even the slightest change on, of, on a class on your code that you believe is not going to affect anything uh, may cause bugs and major problems down the line, especially if you are sharing your project with uh, a lot of more people. So I am on step number two, apply basic object-oriented principles to add flexibility. On this step, um, I am still reading this step. Uh, the, the last step, which I am not still reading, uh, is a step number three. Strive for maintainable, reusable design. Re, um, this step is described as, remember, we got even more design work to do in this step. So before you're done, your software is really easy to extend and reuse. And I, I am still behind on this step. I am still on step number two. Number two, apply basic object-oriented principles to add flexibility. This is where you look for big problems, especially related to things like duplicate code or bad class design. So I am still working on, on the example of the inventory for the guitar store. Um, uh, on the source code, we basically create a, a public class called inventory, which contains a list um, and we add guitar objects to the list. It does have a search uh, method which receives a guitar spec um, 
uh, object and what is a, a guitar spec object is basically a class which contains the prop the the common properties of all the guitars on the inventory so we pass through to the search method uh, a guitar spec object and we basically begin working with that so we do have a list of, ma uh, of matching guitars on the source code which is a uh, a linked list object, and we use a classic for with an iterator to basically uh, uh, basically run through the linked list and compare every object on the linked list against the guitar aspect that we pass as a parameter. And what caused my attention here is that the for syntax, the syntax for the for loop. Um, is pretty old. Uh, today I rather use the for each uh, loop, which is easier to read and easier to write, and is uh, e and is easier to understand. So if you are watching this on YouTube, I am underlining everything with with yellow. So this line of code reads for open parenthesis iterator y equals to guitars dot iterator open parenthesis closing parenthesis semicolon and the increment is defined as i that's the iterator dot has next method semicolon and closes parenthesis and we open the block of the loop and down here um, immediately we create a local uh, variable of type guitar, which is named guitar with the underscore G. And we create an assignment that is going to be equals to, uh, the, the iterator I dot next element. And we are going to be casting, um, the guitar class on that element. So as you can see here, all of this casting and all of this iterator usage is very old school. I guess that the book is really old. Um, at least old in the, in the software <laughs> timeframe. Uh, you know, software development timeframes are very short and basically six months is old by today's standards. So I wonder how, in which, in which year has this, uh, was this book released? So. Uh, all the information we use in comparing guitars is in guitar spec, not the guitar class. So previously, the guitar class contains all the data referring to uh, what a guitar is, including model, including uh, uh, the brand, including the, the front cover wood and the back cover wood. Uh, you know, basic uh, basic information about a guitar. And we are comparing all those uh, common properties among guitars to the actual guitar spec that we are looking for. Uh, so before watching this code here, um, the guitar class contain all the information. And on a step two, uh, on a step two, which is called uh, apply basic uh, object-oriented principles to add flexibility, on this step, 
we move all those um, common properties uh, for guitars into a new class called Guitar Spec. And Guitar Spec basically contains all these properties that are common to all guitars on the inventory. Then, on back on the guitar on the guitar class, we add a property. I mean, a field called uh, Guitar Spec, which is of the, of the new class Guitar Spec. So. We now have an object inside the guitar class which contains the guitar spec. And we are using an object inside an object in this case. So we can basically use guitar spec to pass through all the, the data, the properties of uh, any given guitar maybe. And the result should be a list which contains all the matching guitars. Um, another thing that I see here is in, um, after we assign a guitar spec variable and we get the the actual guitar specs for, from the element um, on on the line I underline it right here. There is an if statement which basically compares the the properties every single property with uh, with the guitar spec from the list. And if it's a matching, if, if, if this thing doesn't match, it runs a continuous statement. So, uh, for example, it reads if space open parenthesis search expect dot get builder and it gets, um, this returns a string with the name of the builder of the guitar. Um, not equals to guitar spec dot get builder open parenthesis, closing parenthesis. So basically what this if statement does is asking is the if the builder of the guitar uh, I am providing for the search is not equals to the builder of the current guitar on the list, then run a continuous statement. So when I read this, this was the first time uh, I actually see the continuous statement. I didn't really know it existed. Uh, maybe I do uh, remember seeing it on another book about Java, and but this was years ago, so I don't recall it correctly. Uh, the continuous statement, uh, basically what it does is, is very similar to the break statement. Um, the continuous statement, uh, when, when it's executed, it basically returns to the beginning of the block, of the current block, and ignores the rest of the code below it. So basically, if the builder is not the same as the builder of the element that I, I am actually checking on, uh, on the if statement on the list, if the builder is not the same as the builder of my search spec, then I'm going to get to the, get to the beginning of the block. And since I am on a loop, on a for loop, the iterator is going to get to the next element and I'm going to repeat the code. I'm going to create a new guitar uh, object. I'm going to assign the next element of the, of the guitar list. Uh, to that variable, to that uh, variable of type guitar, and I'm going to basically compare the guitar spec 
the guitar spec for the jet builder method again so i'm going to compare the next guitar on the list against the the guitar i'm looking for if that is not true then the continue statement will not run if the continue statement doesn't run i get to see uh, what comes next in the block the next thing is to create a string variable called uh, name model and it's going to be equals to the search spec dot jet the model dot lower to lowercase so i get in the model of the search of my search spec and i executing the low to lowercase method to ensure that when i compare the strings uh, i don't have to worry about um, the case, the casing, um, I mean the, the, the case of the string in the, in the case that, uh, I am using an upper, an uppercase letter at the beginning on my list and the user is introducing a lowercase only string. So I don't have to yet, I don't have to worry about this. And right after that, I get another if, which is asking if the model is not null and the model is not equals to an empty string and the model is not equals to the guitar spec model with lowercase, then continue. So what does this mean is that if the model is null, if the model is an empty string with nothing, and if the model is not equals to the model that, I, that is on the list, uh, then I repeat the thing. Uh, everything is canceled with the continue statement and I get back to the uh, beginning of the loop. And then I begin running the loop again with the next element. So as I see here, the continue statement is used uh, over and over again uh, with the with the type of the guitar, with the bad wood of the guitar and with the top wood of the guitar. Um, we see these uh, statements, uh, this if, which contains a continuous statement. And basically the continuous statement uh, functions as a cancellation of all of the entire block and order Java to basically repeat the if statements with a different uh, guitar inside the list. At the end of the block and after all the if statements and continuous statements, we get a matching guitars dot at and we pass through as a parameter the current guitar uh, on the linked list. So basically, I am ha I am going to be returning a list of matching guitars in the end because the method search is actually returning a, a list type in the end. I guess that at the time of this uh, of the publishing of this book, uh, generis was not a thing. So that's what I, I guess, that's what I guess that this is a list and not an array list with a generic type inside of type guitar. So that's my, my guess in this case. Even, even though we change our classes a bit, this method still returns a list of guitars that match the client specs. Um, and that was uh, that was the page where I um, 
I am reading on. Um, I'm getting ready for another test drive. Uh, that's the name of the page. Um, you will need to update the fine guitar tester class to test out all these new changes. Well, this may be, this is actually the main method. So I am actually using the guitar sped class in order to test it out. I'm going to continue reading the book. It seems to be really interesting at the moment. Well, that's all for this particular episode. I hope that you enjoyed the video edition of this podcast. And remember to leave a like if you like it, leave a dislike if you dislike it, click uh, subscribe on YouTube, click a notification bell icon if you want to see every single episode here. And tell me what do you think about me releasing a video version of the podcast um, at the same time as the audio version of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be uh, working here all day on another project, which I'm going to be talking on the next episode. So thank you for coming in and goodbye.